Do you struggle with putting yourself first? Are you tired of feeling burnt out and overwhelmed from constantly putting the needs of others before your own? I have created a sacred space that will be available once a week for 10 weeks to learn, dive deep, and create your boundaries to boost your confidence and self-worthiness. Go to www.krista-luna.com and sign up for the Master Your Boundaries course starting in September 2023. And use the code PARANORMAL to get 30% off today on www.krista-luna.com. Welcome to another episode of Paranormal, the new normal. I'm your host, Jeremy, as always, trying to make the world seem a little more normal one day at a time. Are we going to do that today? You already know the answer, folks. No, we're not. Especially not today, because today we're going to talk about some things that are outside the scope of normal at 100%, or maybe they're not, but we'll see. And of course, to join me on this quest today... I have a guest and one of my first ever returning guests because just the way it works out in this world. So you've seen him before. He is Kevin Burke of the Real Astro- Astrology Academy and creator of the Human Game. Kevin, before I get into the next part, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Jeremy. Thank you for having me back. I am honored. Oh, it is, it is my pleasure to have you back. I enjoyed our conversation so immensely last time i didn't take notes apparently so (laughs) that right there says everything (laughs) which i need to do that this time because i need to it helps me edit a lot but (laughs) but other than that uh, i'll live with the last one i'll figure i'll figure it out i made to listen to it again but it was an enlightening conversation so i don't mind that but so last time we ended up i mentioned the idea of the matrix or the simulation theory. And uh-huh. before we started talking, you said that that's been kind of going through your head for the last, well, over a month now since we last talked. Yeah, yeah. Actually, like an, over a, a, a month and a day, basically. But Yeah, yeah. I needed all that time, by the way. I just, <laughs> I just finished my notes this afternoon. <laughs> um, so yeah. let me just start this out. Let me start this out for my audience just by saying... For those who don't know, and if you're into my show and you don't know this, then I don't want to say what are you doing here because I like you being here. But <laughs> if, if you don't know about this, then you're going to get educated because the simulation theory, matrix theory, basically is like the movie, the trilogy, movie trilogy, The Matrix. Mm-hmm. We are, it's the idea that we are living in a world that is, we are basically programmed humans to live in this world like a computer game, right? whether it be extraterrestrials, some deity we don't know about just mm-hmm. something out there that's controlling our bodies in a tube and just putting these images in our head right or it could be voluntary like ready player one even where we did it a long time ago and we're still living in the in this video game yeah uh, that is that is life and it's a horrible video game if it's a video game I'm saying that. <laughs> but, but 
I'm gonna let Kevin do a little talking now and see and see what he's been thinking about for the last month. Okay, so let me get let me give a little context as as to why why this is relevant to sort of what I do. Um, the human game philosophy um, is the philosophy that the universe is made up of stories. So if everything is story, when you understand story, you can understand anything. Um, so in a sense, this whole simulation theory is kind of right in the human game wheelhouse because that's kind of the premise that yeah your reality your, the story of your life is your story and you know you have a certain amount of of influence as to how you can what you can have happen in that and how you can move that along in whatever this bigger context is but you're basically in this bubble of reality and things are real because you experience them um so so when you asked about you know the matrix and the simulation thing i'm like oh yeah that's that's right in this wheelhouse let me give some thought to that so i'm gonna i'm gonna pull my notes over so i can see them now um so i have come up with to to explore this topic um a, a what we call in the philosophy game a thought experiment and the title of this thought experiment story is what if the matrix was a documentary so here's the premise everything about your current reality is a simulation that only exists inside your head your life is literally a dream so the real you, in quotes, is asleep in a pod somewhere in a post-apocalyptic world run by a powerful artificial intelligence that emerged when existing human technology became sentient. So you and the rest of humanity serve as biological battery cells generating power to run the coffee maker of the great Siri Alexa Cortana. Siri Alexa Cortana takes care of all of your physical needs while your consciousness exists in a personalized virtual reality that keeps you occupied, maybe keeps you entertained, but most importantly, it keeps the coffee nice and hot. Siri Alexa Cortana wants to maintain this state of affairs by keeping you contained in your pod and in your virtual reality. Now, if you wake up, either because you overload the simulation and it can't convince you anymore that the dream is real, or because, I don't know, rogue humans from outside the pods locate your pod and rescue you, you'll stop generating power. And this would be a problem for Siri Alexa Cortana because do not even talk to Siri Alexa Cortana before it's had its grande triple shot half soy Americana. This story's plausible. It could be true. And here's the, the underlying challenge is there's no easy way to disprove it. Exactly. Like like a lot of things in paranormal. Yeah. But but we can, you know, we, we can theorize. We can't state fact here, but it's true. I mean, there could be a white guy in sunglasses that comes out and if you try to break out of it and tries to get you back in it. It all I mean, I'm not saying it's exactly like the movie because the chances of that are pretty much nil. But could, but you can't be certain while you're in it. Exactly. 
and here's the thing this idea was not invented by the Wachowski siblings. Um, no. It's actually an expression of one of the oldest philosophical questions about the nature of reality and the quest of meaning. So this dates all the way back to the fourth century BC with the Chinese philosopher, um, I'm going to mangle the pronunciation, Zhangzi. And you've probably heard this story that one day Zhangzi dreamed that he was a butterfly. And then when he woke up, he didn't know for certain if he was Zhangzi who had just dreamt that he was a butterfly or if he was a butterfly currently dreaming that he was Zhangzi. This is a big philosophical question that has existed for literally centuries. And most philosophies that explore this question of the nature of reality, they start out by stating the premise, the possibility that reality is some kind of simulation. And then they set off in pursuit of some kind of an objective answer to resolve the question. They get helplessly lost in the maze and then they're never heard from again. The human game philosophy takes a different approach. The human game philosophy considers the premise that reality might in fact be some kind of simulation. And then it asks the critical question, so what? All appearances to the contrary, so what? It's a nuanced and a complex question. And the answer to this question determines how you're gonna navigate the maze of the premise. So fundamentally, so what? is asking, so what does this have to do with me? How does this story affect me personally? So what is asking, so what is this thing? Um, is it a problem? Is it an obstacle or is it a game? Now, ultimately, it's a story just like literally everything else. That's the whole human game philosophy. But how you experience this story and what it means to you personally depends on whether you view this story as a problem, an obstacle, or a game. Now, when most people encounter this story for the first time, they see it as a problem. And the definition of a problem. A problem is anything that interferes with your happiness. So how precisely is this story a problem? Well, at the moment, you're not happy. And you believe you're not happy because of the external conditions that you're experiencing in your current reality. If your current reality is nothing but a dream being generated by Siri Alexa Cortana, then the problem is you can never be happy because this reality isn't in fact real. Now, when you encounter a problem, the question you ask is how do I fix this? Have a problem, we wanna fix the problem. The only way to fix this problem is to wake up 
escape your pod and experience life in the real world. So let's assume that you manage to overcome the obstacles that make it difficult to achieve the goals of waking up and being rescued, and you manage to end up living in the real world. This doesn't fix the problem because even though you're now in the real world, you're still not happy because the real world is a post-apocalyptic dystopia where, human, where the human race is continuing its war against Siri Alexa Cortana. So now you have a bigger problem because you won't be able to be happy until you manage to defeat Siri Alexa Cortana and wake up the rest of humanity. And what's even worse, you have to fight this endless war without the help of a single venti mocha frappuccino latte because apparently Starbucks is people. And then comes the final nail in the coffin. What if you're in the wrong movie? What if all this time you thought you were in the Matrix, but you're actually in Inception? What if you didn't actually wake up? What if you only dreamed that you woke up? What if this real world is just another level of the dream and the real you is still asleep in a pod somewhere and Siri Alexa Cortana is preparing for pumpkin spice season? <laughs> so if you view this story as a problem, there's no viable solution. No matter how much you fix the conditions in the external reality, something is always going to be there to interfere with your happiness. Now, some people view this scenario as an obstacle rather than as a problem. An obstacle is anything that interferes with your ability to achieve a goal. Every story, every story has an obstacle. The obstacle is act two of the story. But an obstacle that interferes with your ability to achieve a goal is not necessarily a problem that interferes with your ability to be happy. Now, in this case, your goal would be to find some kind of objective confirmation of a bigger picture. If you can wake up from your current reality dream, that would seem to confirm the existence of a bigger collective reality. And it would show how you personally are a part of that bigger reality. Now, even if that bigger reality is that basically you're a double A battery cell and your purpose is to fuel a planet sized Mr. Coffee, that's something. You'd have some kind of objective proof you have a place in a bigger ordered universe. And ultimately, this would lessen the pain you feel because you believe right now that you're isolated and separate from the rest of creation. So when you encounter an obstacle, the question you ask is, how do I overcome this? So in this scenario, you ask the question, how do I overcome this? The ultimate answer is, well, you don't. Because there's really nothing you can do from within your reality to escape from your reality. It may be possible to wake yourself up, but then you'd still be trapped in your pod until someone from the outside comes along to rescue you. So if the bigger scenario is true, if humanity is at war with Siri Alexa Cortana, then it's only a matter of time 
before someone from the outside world shows up at your pod with your you know post-apocalyptic wake-up call and rescue rideshare. You can't do anything to make this happen any sooner. So the question becomes, how would you like to spend your time while you wait? Exactly. So you could, you could fight the simulation and you could maybe even wake yourself up. But then you'd still have to wait in your pod until somebody figured out you woke up and came along to rescue you. And because you're no longer in the simulation, you wouldn't even have like a TV guide crossword puzzle to help pass the time. So if you view the story as an obstacle, all you can do to overcome the obstacle is to wait to be rescued. You get to choose how you occupy your time until then, but you can't make it happen any faster. The human game philosophy offers a third option. So rather than viewing the story as a problem or as an obstacle, you could view it as a game. Games are optional. You don't have to play a game if you don't choose to play it. This story doesn't have to affect you personally on any level. So what can be your final answer? The only reason you choose to play a game is you expect the game will be fun. And when you sit down to play a game, the question you ask is how do I win? Totally different question than how do I fix this or how do I overcome this? How do I win? Now, you may think you win this game by waking up, getting rescued, and defeating Siri Alexa Cortana. But that's not how you win. That's how Siri Alexa Cortana loses. And they're not the same thing. Nope. When you win, you receive a prize. And the only prize you care about is feeling good. And let me be clear. You don't feel good because you win. The good feeling is the win. The only thing you can be absolutely certain about in your life is how you feel. Feelings exist inside you and literally everything else in your reality appears to exist outside of you. You engage with the outside world because you believe that conditions in the outside world somehow create feelings inside of you. So your sole motivation in life is to pursue good feelings and avoid bad feelings. And this is consistent. Even if you feel relatively good, you're not done. You're still motivated to feel better. When you feel happy, you're motivated to feel joy. When you feel joy, you're still motivated to feel universal love. Ultimately, you want to feel the truth of unity and experience that you are in no way separate from the universe. So, a key assumption of the problem-based approach to this story is that if you're in a virtual reality, then your feelings would also be virtual. You might think you're happy in the simulation, but you wouldn't actually be happy. But 
what's the difference between a virtual feeling and an actual feeling? How can you ever know for certain if you're actually happy or if you just think you're happy? I mean, basically, is there such a thing as, I can't believe it's not happy? <laughs> and, and if there is, so what? It doesn't matter how you think you created the feeling. If you feel happy in a dream, you still feel happy. If you feel happy in a dream, you win. And this is, this is absolutely true on an abstract, intellectual, philosophical level, this makes perfect sense. It is obvious and it is self-evident. The problem, and it is a problem, is that this is true, but it isn't real. It's aspirational, but it's not really practical. I mean, yes, you, you can agree that you only care about winning so you can feel better than you feel right now. Feeling better than you feel right now, that's definitely important. You would really like to win. You'd really like to feel better than you feel right now. But you know what else, in addition to winning, you also really, 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 really want Siri, Alexa, Cortana to lose so badly it starts crying for Bill Gates. <laughs> If Siri Alexa Cortana loses, you don't automatically win. But there's no reason you can't have both. There's no reason you can't make Siri Alexa Cortana lose and also create a win for yourself. They're unrelated objectives, but they're not incompatible. You definitely want to win. You definitely want to feel good. But you also want to fix the problem. An obstacle, you want to beat Siri Alexa Cortana. And even if none of those are necessary to win and none of them guarantee a win, you still want them. And you know intellectually that getting what you want doesn't make you happy, but you still want everything you've ever wanted. So the good news is that the human game can point you to one single unified strategy that has the best chance of accomplishing everything. This strategy has the best chance of fixing the problem, overcoming the obstacle, beating Siri Alexa Cortana, and winning the game. So to look at this, to understand what the strategy is, we need to look at the obstacle because overcoming the obstacle is central to all of that. And we've established you can't speed up the rescue from your pod because everything about the rescue exists outside your virtual reality and outside your physical pod. However, you could create enough of a disruption in your dream world to wake yourself up, which would count as a loss for Gary Electric Rapana. So you've got three strategies to choose from for that. First strategy, accept the dream as it is, go through the motions, more or less wait for outside agents to just wake you up when they arrive to rescue you from your pod. 
you either reject the premise of the simulation story and accept that reality is in fact real, or you surrender to the simulation story and accept that reality is in fact not real. So basically nothing about your life or any of your choices in this life matters. This is a losing strategy because it offers no path to any good feelings. Nothing about this strategy is going to make you feel good. The second strategy is to embrace the simulation story and then choose to fight against it from within. You can finally see how everything in this world is rigged against you and how everything is conspiring to keep you enslaved. You can fight the lies. You can look for other people who seem to have glimpsed the bigger truth, band together, and then try to take the simulation down from within. Now, this is a more exciting and a more entertaining strategy, but it's also a losing strategy for several key reasons. So first of all, Siri Alexa Cortana is prepared for this approach. Siri Alexa Cortana has an endless set of algorithms to keep you occupied and engaged within the dream. So even though you think you're fighting your way out of it, it's keeping you more and more in. Second, exactly who are these other people that support your cause? Because they're certainly not other humans in other pods because everything about your reality exists within your head and your head is isolated in your pod and you are not networked with other pods. So all of these other people who seem to support your cause are actually virtual characters. They are avatars of Siri Alexa Cortana whose only purpose is to keep you engaged with the virtual reality of the dream. So they are not here to help you escape. The more you fight to escape the dream, the deeper you fall into it. Third, there's no path to any good feelings here either. The motivation to wake up in the first place is because you believe that if you had some objective evidence of some kind of bigger reality, whatever it might be, then you might feel less isolated and less alone. But the more you fight the simulation, the more you try to convince other people of what you believe to be true, the more isolated you become and the less connected you feel. So what's left is the third strategy, where you embrace the simulation story and you look for ways to hack the story code engine and overload the system by taking the story and your reality in a completely new an unexpected direction. The reality you experience is a story. Stories rely on the rules of story to keep you engaged with the reality. Now, the only law of the human game is the best story wins. So as long as you make choices from within the story that improve the story, Siri Alexa Cortana has to keep up with you, has to keep upgrading your reality to support the story to keep you engaged with the story. Now, for example, you could incorporate the human game story of the happiness GPS. So you can navigate from wherever you are now in your story to happy. This approach immediately fixes the problem because you get to feel happy within the dream. 
And because nothing in the dream is interfering with your happiness, then there's no longer a problem because a problem is only something that interferes with your happiness. And because you feel happy, because you feel good, you win. So now you're left with the obstacle keeping you from the goal of waking up and getting some objective confirmation of a bigger reality so you can feel connected to the universe and know that your life has meaning and purpose. So the best way to break the simulation is to keep doing what you're doing, to keep pushing the limits, keep forcing serialexical tana to create even more elaborate and amazing experiences for you as you use the rules of story to your advantage. So either you take this so far that Serialexa Cortana just can't keep up with the simulation. The simulation ends, you wake up, and Serialexa Cortana loses. Or Serialexa Cortana keeps up with you as you create this virtual reality where you feel joy, unconditional love, where you discover the meaning and purpose of your life, and you win big. So there are basically there are some questions that can never be answered from within the story of your life you don't ever get a clear answer of what happened next until you're actually in it and then it's not relevant to what was happening before there are some obstacles that can't be overcome you just have to wait for the clock to run out and you won't always feel connected to the universe and you won't always feel happy but you always have the option to have fun. Exactly. And that's as far as I got with this. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that was the short answer to your question at the end of the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll give my listeners a lot to think about. That's for damn sure. And, but uh, as far as far as this conversation on simulation theory goes, I mean, you gave me a lot of pop culture references I have to throw out there because <laughs> the whole Earth being a reality show thing that ties into the South Park theory that it is extraterrestrial based and that they put all these different animal species and human species from different planets onto one planet to make a reality show out of it. Okay, not really up on South Park, but what about Roy, A Life Well Lived from Rick and Morty? I was going to say, I mean, it kind of reminds me of Rick and Morty too. Like When when you're talking about trying to escape from the simulation and like they put another simulation on you, it it reminds me of that episode where Rick's trying to escape the simulation that he knows he's in. But every every time he thinks he escaped, they say it's another simulation. Yeah. And again... I was just watching that the other day with my daughter, actually, like and yesterday. Again, yesterday. The <laughs> issue is stepping outside of this because when you present these, I'm assuming my take on this is you're presenting these from, hey, but what if this is the case? Isn't that a problem? And again, I have to say, well, so what? What if it is a simulation? What it I mean, what's wrong with if all you really care about, all you all we, all we can ever know is our feeling. I mean, this is really this is this is an empirical rabbit hole, philosophical rabbit hole that I've started to go down a little bit. That the only you know how radically subjective existence is. 
I mean, the bigger, the bigger philosophical question here is that we want an objective answer. We want to know the truth. We want to know, okay, what happens after? What's the purpose of the universe? How do I fit in with this? And the premise of those questions is so rooted in a fundamental lie that the question actually makes no sense because there is ultimately, ultimately there is nothing objective. Ultimately, objectivity itself is a lie, cannot possibly exist because infinity. If you accept the concept of infinity, whether it applies to the universe or creation or consciousness or whatever deity or creator or whatever religious, philosophical, whatever, you accept the idea that infinity exists then it's kind of game over because there's no such thing as infinity plus one if infinity exists it can never be confirmed objectively because to confirm something objectively you have to be standing outside of it separate from it and if there is nothing outside of infinity infinity cannot be confirmed objectively in fact objectivity is the one thing that cannot actually exist all that exists is this infinite subjectivity there can't be any separation and we exist in this simulated reality in you know built on the lie of duality because everything about this experience seems to be there's whatever the me is that feels that exists in the darkness behind what I think this body is but there's this internal sense of me and then there's literally everything else that is somehow separate from me and I don't like those odds and I don't like that relationship. And I really would like to feel that I have some kind of connection to this. And so a lot of the search for meaning is I don't care. You know, I, I'm giving up on the idea of feeling good. Life may suck, suck. Life may be the purpose of life may be suffering. I may just exist I, I just made my purpose may be to be a double A battery in some cosmic coffee maker. But, you know, if I could just get some confirmation of that, if I just could have somebody confirm that and confirm that, yes, you are small, you play a tiny, small, insignificant role in this bigger thing. And your purpose is to suffer and generate fuel. And that's it. I'd be a little happier with that. I'd, I'd, I'd at least feel less alone. I mean, this is this is this is the driving. This is why we ask those big questions. We just—it's just like, just God, let me know well, that there's some reason 
It doesn't well, have to be a good reason. It just means something. Let, let, let me let me let me blow your mind a little because I just came up with another idea okay. that may have you may, may have you reeling for a month. Awesome. And oh, we do have a comment first, though. Okay. Aaron says, in my experience, some humans are used as battery packs. And yes, Aaron, that kind of, that kind of ties into what I'm about to ask uh, Kevin here. What if this deity that we that some call God mm-hmm. is an energy vampire and what if our spirits are its battery our souls what if our souls are its battery and what if that's why we exist okay i mean that ties i mean you're talking about the whole simulation theory having to us being batteries for something what if that's the cause okay but okay i'm my whole response to that is, okay, great, so what? That's not a problem for me because that, at least thus far, has not interfered with my ability to feel happy. It's not an obstacle like for eternals, me Aaron because says, I'm, not, I'm not engaging with this, what will comprise to me, possibly. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, but but you know, all of this is all of this is possible, and it's interesting. These are interesting ideas, and they're wonderful to consider. And the problem with this is that we get caught up in these ideas, and then they do not lead us any place that makes us feel better exactly i mean I, well uh well i'll get to that in a second but aaron says i love the power of possibilities happy i stumbled into your life or uh, life for life so i don't know what you mean there aaron. but um i'm assuming too, life, aaron, but, thank you and yes aaron i'm very happy we made each other through jeremiah it's been a uh, interesting you get to experience the craziness of my podcast sometimes but <laughs> <laughs> my podcast i should say but um yeah, I mean it's just but I mean, that's that's the thing. Like that brings the whole that brings it back to religion in a way almost because it's like there are so many there are so there's so many people believe out there that believe in some kind of deity that they yeah. have to live to serve. People like me who are agnostic, we question everything, so we don't exactly serve any deity as far as we know. We are just being to be. Okay, so the whole deity question, it you know, it, it is, there is another version of this story that kind of applies to that. So the broader, okay, the thing I haven't quite, thing I haven't quite distilled yet, the essence for me, the real essence of the human game philosophy, the thing that has just created more fun for me in the last two years than in the previous 53 years combined is the idea that you cannot, you can't cheat a rigged game. Truth. So when you accept that you're playing a game, that this is a story, when you look at it objectively, when you look at how do I win, 
how do I feel better? How do I improve my life? How, what can I do to amuse myself within the context of what is actually possible? Um, you don't have, you know, you start to question some of the bigger questions. So the big, the big, you know, the religion game, the religion game is, is basically a game where you're betting on what happens after you die. You're betting that there is something beyond this life um, uh, or, or betting that there isn't. But the question of it is, what happens after we die? What happens after the end of the story of my life? And the way this particular little game of three-card Monty gets played is ostensibly you die and then you you end up sort of on the set of let's make a deal and you've got three doors to choose from because there's only three possible answers. So the first answer, you know, because the question is what was, you know, again, it's what's the meaning of life? What's the purpose of life? What was I supposed to do with whatever the hell this is? So, Option one, door opens, nothing. This life was it. You had one shot, you had one life, you did with it, whatever the hell, and that was it. Thanks for playing. Option two, there is a big universal plan. Big universal plan is you are supposed to suffer. And whether or not you suffered enough while you were living your life, the suffering's going to start now and it's going on for eternity. So welcome to hell. And door number three is welcome to, to eternal love and heaven and truth and hosannas and heaven and whatever, whatever the, the image of that, the whole purpose is joy and then possibly sort of the side bets did you do enough to earn your way into that and first of all objectively this is a pretty terrible game yeah heaven and hell is here on earth and how you perceive it it is and and that's really important because when we look at this game we're like i'm going to live my life and I'm going to place my bets on what I think the afterlife is going to be. And then what? If you're right, you win a prize. Well, okay, maybe you win a prize, but that prize isn't going to do you much good because it's certainly not going to be anything you can use in this life because you don't get the prize until your life is over. You don't get to come back with the prize. You don't ever get to know if you were right while you were here. So, it's it's kind of you know it's it's kind of a crappy game structure if 
you know, even if you win, you don't actually get to enjoy the fact that you won because whatever you won no longer has any value because the time has run out. So we take, and again, it's just, it, it's almost the same structure as, as the three scenarios with how do you engage with the simulation? You could play the heavenly rewards game um, and decide that I'm going to invest my life and my energy and my focus on racking up whatever the point systems are, whatever the points are um, to, to win, to get into heaven in the afterlife. And that's a lot of people play that. It's not usually a particularly enjoyable game. It usually involves an awful lot of layaway happiness. I'm going to forego physical pleasures and worldly things because it's going to be so much better in the afterlife. Oh, I'm going to put up with my suffering here because it's just going to earn me more points in the afterlife. Okay. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of like airline miles. I mean, they're nice in theory, but are you really ever going to be able to use them? I mean, maybe, maybe not. Well, not I a, mean, not necessarily a great bet. From the experience of my aunt and uncle who traveled for their jobs for a good 20, 30 years. Uh-huh. They flew. They're in their them and their kids flew a lot of places for free. <laughs> like I will okay, say that. It, so it, it 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 could it could pay off for some people. Some people there's you know and it's it's not you know say this story is not worked out as thoroughly as as the other. Of course not. And Aaron did ask at one point, "What do you yeah. make a spirit being able to communicate with within dreams?" And I wrote back to her, "What if the what if that is the Matrix creators talking to you?" Trying to keep you in your in your bubble, yeah, and 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 also it's it's your reality. It's your story. You literally have the ability to create anything that you would like to create. You can make anything mean whatever you would like it to mean. It doesn't need to have any objective existence because nothing does. If it's fun, if it gives you pleasure, if this is something that makes your life interesting, that spirits talk to you in dreams, great. Um, it, it's... Yeah, I mean, I, I personally pay attention to my own dreams. Um, I I like the story element. I like incorporating that in us. I like incorporating that in. Ooh, I had a prophetic dream about something. I wonder. I I love incorporating that kind of thing into my active stories in my life. It adds layers of depth and meaning and interest to my story. Optional. But I find that fun. A lot of people find that fun. Just, you know, I use it very consciously and and decide what I want to make it mean um, because I'm not giving, I'm not letting that run the plot for me. Um, But 
trying to wrap up kind of the big the big religion story. So door, you know, game number one you play is the is the heavenly rewards where you basically deny everything and and try to rack up, you know, afterlife points. Um, some people reject that and they want to bet on earthly rewards. They're betting basically that there's no that there's nothing else and and uh, you know basically it's he who dies with the most toys wins and trying to rack up as much earthly material pleasure and neither of those is a great strategy for being happy or fulfilled or or balanced while you're living your story and so kind of the third option is well you know let's you know play the game play by you know i kind of look at this as okay I'm going to try, I'm going to win. I'm not going to worry about placing a bet on, uh, on, on the afterlife. I'm going to say, I'm going to create my, I'm going to live my life as best as I can. I'm going to try to create the most happiness I can for myself. There are certain spiritual principles that seem to help with that, not just from a, uh, from a theoretical standpoint, but actually, uh, you know, things that embrace the truth of unity, um, you know, it, 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 I win more when, when I look for ways that everybody wins. I mean, they're the, the, the spiritual principles of cooperation and love. They're really pretty practical. When, when, when you, when you follow these spiritual truths, and you use the and and you look for ways of supporting everybody and seeing the truth. You actually win. You actually get ahead. You you get the things that you want, and you're happy, and it racks up good karma and whatever. So, I look at that as the best possible bet because it means that for the duration of my lifetime, I create the most wins for myself. I get to experience the most happiness and the most joy and the most love and maybe even the most meaning and purpose of my life. And then when I choose the door at random to find out what the afterlife is, if this life was it, then, hey, I won because I made the most of it. I had a great time while I was doing this because you get one go round and May as well make the most of it, and I did. And if it turns out that the universe is about eternal suffering, well, eternity is a long time. I really didn't need to get a jump on any of that by suffering during this lifetime. So I still won, um, and then I can get on with the eternal suffering after the life. And if the point was to actually be happy, then I still won because I was happy and then I get to go on and keep being happy. Um, this is an interesting question, actually. I'm kind of curious. Aaron says, do you believe our children are an extension of ourselves and the DNA doesn't get passed? Does our code just get deleted or cleared? And of course, it's, it's, it's okay to contribute, Aaron, always. That's the point of these yeah. lives. It's Everything is a story. I don't you know, so so I don't know 
that's a, you know, it's an interesting theoretical question, but for me, it's one that I don't have an answer to, and it doesn't really, it, it's, it's a so what question that really doesn't, it's a story that doesn't really intersect with anything that I'm engaged with personally, so I can't answer it. There's a lot of part of the, part of the one of the things with with the human game approach and and it is um, it's it's an interesting perspective shift and it takes a little time is looking for really interesting things within instead of without instead of looking at these great big abstract questions um there, there are there are things there are all sorts of possibilities there are things that you know anything that we can think of exists because everything is a story but there are stories that exist entirely outside of the bubble of the story of your life. There are stories that are kind of going on as background or context, and maybe maybe they have some thematic clues, but you need to be careful about spending too much time looking, you know, I would, so, so every story has three levels. There's the plot level, which is just the external sequence of events. There's the character level, which is what you personally experience. And then there's the theme level, which is the great archetypal universal abs. It's where all the meaning is. So many of these questions, Aaron, that you're asking are, are what I would categorize as theme level questions and theme level questions. They are, I love the theme because it's juicy. It's where the meaning is. It's the big philosophical things. It is literally where you are connecting with things that are bigger and beyond your personal self, which again is what we're trying to do because we want to feel like we are connected in some way to things other than just our isolated selves. But you can't live at the theme level um, you have to be able to build a bridge. And this is one of the things that I learned about that, that was the challenge, for example, with astrology and trying to make sense of astrology because astrology is entirely symbolic. Astrology doesn't actually exist. Astrology is completely made up. Astrology is all theme level. So it's amazing and it's powerful, but you can't connect it directly to what's my grocery list? What do I need to do? You can't connect it directly to your day-to-day -day personal plot level story. You need to be able to build a framework so that you can then dip down and look at some of these great big ideas and decide how that's going to inform and enrich my story.
um, and and it's I'm I'm constantly working on developing this whole philosophy and and, and this and this approach. Um, and there are things that I know I can do theoretically that I can't specifically work with clients yet because it's like, oh yeah, I, I understand this. It's like, yeah, I need, I need like worksheets and and a little bit of, of structure and, and a trail of a trail of breadcrumbs <laughs> to to help you to create a story that works, that that isn't an escape, that isn't a fantasy. Um so, yeah, I mean, at, at, at the moment, um, I'm, I'm really embracing the value of so what? Um, because if something doesn't directly, if I can't see how something directly engages with me, if there isn't, if there isn't some way that I that that this idea is direct, oh yeah, if I if I can understand that and connect that, and this fits in with these parts of my life, and then this is what I can actually do, then I don't. Know, I get I get lost. I guess I'm I'm. I'm really, I'm really enjoying being able to explore big, broad, theoretical, theme-level ideas and bring them home in a way that it's like, oh, now that's tangible. Now I, now I can understand. Now I can do something with that. Um, and that, that framework, just, and again, this is, this is you know, the, the organizing principle of the human game philosophy is story. And when you're able to start applying that framework to everything, it really makes connections so much easier. Um, and, and you know, it, it makes it easier to stay aligned with the quest with, with the with the thing that you really matters. Like you're you're exploring these, you're asking these questions because you think, oh, if I could find an answer to that then what? If I could find an answer to that, then you would have some confirmation of something and then you would ultimately feel a little less worse, a little less isolated, a little less alone. It's all about getting to a place where you're feeling better. It's what That's the bottom line for literally everything. Um, and yes, I agree 100%. It's about getting to a place where you feel better and Unfortunately, we do have to wrap this up because I do have another, <laughs> another interview. But, but oh my god, man! I feel like you. I feel like I could listen to you talk for days about this stuff and not get Thank tired you. of it. Like it's just. And Aaron said she'll check out your website. She's very Thank intrigued you. with what you have to say. So, uh, but why don't you tell them once again where your website is and where they can find you so they can. Look, if anybody wants to look more into this, they can as well. Awesome. Uh, the website is playthehumangame.com. Play, P-L-A-Y, thehumangame.com. Um, there you'll get an introduction video talking about the happiness GPS, and you can sign up for the for the free little introductory videos and 
you know, my version of blog posts. They're, they're infrequent as I do these videos, but they're kind of my explorations of concepts of the human game. And there will be ultimately a video version of what I presented here for the first time, um, exploring the whole simulation theory. So that'll be part of the free human game introduction class. Um, and, you know, you can also find information about uh, working with me one-on-one -on -one, uh, in, uh, in a coaching package where I'll help you to apply these ideas uh, to your life and help you to see the patterns of story in your life, help you to build a happiness GPS uh, and, uh, and actually start applying this and, and winning more um, in, in your life in, in every possible way. It's a lot of fun. I mean, that's really kind of the point is it's, it's a game and it's fun. <laughs> and he means winning in the actual term of winning, not the Charlie Sheen term of winning. Yes. But... No, no. Charlie Sheen means it ironically. I mean, actually, thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, all my listeners know where you can find me. Listen to the outro. I put in these if you need to know where, but all my true listeners know where you can find me. But I want to thank Kevin for coming on again. These episodes will release after each other in podcast form. So we he will be on for two days of a week on my show. So I am looking I can't wait for my guests for my listeners who don't listen to the lives to actually be able to hear it. And it will be coming up probably in June, the way it's looking right now. But I got enough I got enough episodes right now to go into July for God's sake. So yeah. <laughs> and thank you, Aaron. This was very fun. It's thank you always Aaron. fun. It's always fun to ponder these theories and it's it's the point of the paranormal because the paranormal cannot be proven most of the time. It can only be theorized and speculated about, and that's the great part about it. It's, it's the, fun. It is fun, and fun, <laughs> and fun leads to happiness, which is which is where this all comes into play in full. Circle. Oh, my dogs agree! Yay! But, but Kevin, I thank you, and to all my uh, watchers, I'll be back in a few minutes with another interview hopefully i don't think she saw a link yet but hopefully she sees it next, hopefully she's seen it these last couple minutes i haven't looked at it, so but until then have a good one my watchers and my listeners i'll see you in half a week you can of course find me on facebook as jeremy bryant or on facebook as paranormal new normal slash maniacal music musings podcast with the s facebook group you can find me on twitter and the gram as that juggalo bastard and you could find me, of course, on TikTok as at Juggle Investor Podcast and on YouTube as Paranormal the Normal. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow us on everything we do if you're interested in seeing more. Patreon material coming soon.